1: 713, joined by a very special guest today. Chris Lourdes is out. We have a second or third member, however you want to sum it up, or maybe even the first member of Stag Capital. That's Mike Hall. You can you probably recognize him from our teaser 101 episode uh, back. I think it was about five episodes ago. Mike, you can find on Twitter at not that tricky. How are you this fine Wednesday evening, Mike?
0: I am fantastic, Sam. Thank you for having me on. Uh, hopefully this is not too big of a drop off from, <laughs> from Chris.
1: I don't think it'll be any drop-off at all. In fact, I think most of our listeners will probably request this be a permanent host switch. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. We'll see what kind of feedback we get. Maybe maybe most people want me gone and just you guys. That's cap to run this thing. We'll see. We listen to the listeners at home. Uh, but it's good to have you aboard here, Mike. And hopefully we can get some additional thoughts on teasers. I have one just a sneak peek for one of my best bets moving a little bit later. I took your advice to heart. A little bit of administrative things here before we kind of dive into this We, of course, are Believe in Betting L.A. We talked about the four L.A. football teams. Of course, we'll talk about uh, basketball, college basketball, uh, not baseball yet, but maybe we'll talk a little bit about the sign stealing a little bit more of the Astros a little later that came out and admitted that they probably cheated in the 2017 playoffs against the Dodgers. But we're going to talk all things betting L.A., of course, right now in November. We're in the middle of football season. You can find us on the Believe podcast network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. I told you you can find me on Twitter at Maxwell 713 uh, Mike is not that tricky. You can find the boys at Stag Capital at Stag Cap. Chris Lewart, if you want to follow him, he's on a road trip right now, is at Lumandingo Rock. And, of course, you can find this podcast and all the other great podcasts on the Believe Podcast Network wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. Let's briefly recap, Mike, how we did last week. You, of course, are making your debut here on the Believe in Betting LA uh, pick show. We obviously talked about teasers. Uh, I had a dreadful week. Thanks for asking. I went 1-3, and and now I'm at 22-27-1 overall. It feels like it's been a lot worse for me than that record. Chris bounced back from what was probably his worst week of the season. He went 4-1. He's now at a sterling record of 31-18-4. And Mike, of course, Fresh off the boat, zero and zero. We hope to get you going here. Uh, Beginner's luck, however you want to call it. We hope you have a great start to the podcast. So that was last week. Let's talk about this week. And this is, of course, episode 21. We're talking college football week 12, NFL week 11. Let's start, Mike. With UCLA, they are coming up a bye. They have won and covered three straight games. They're seemingly turning around their season after what was a dreadful beginning to their 2019 campaign. They are 21-point dogs. They're playing at Utah, number eight Utah, 21-point dogs, the over-under. This one is 51-and-a-half. Saturday evening at 5 p.m., Salt Lake City, Rice-Eccles Stadium. Give me your thoughts here on this game for UCLA, Mike.
0: Well, I think my thoughts on most things are probably going to be pretty similar to Chris's, and that is mainly that mainly that I'm looking for value wherever it is. I do not live in LA. I, li- I live all the way across the country. I don't know anything about, or I don't know very much about a lot of these teams. Give yourself a little um, bit of credit.
1: I'm sure you know something. <laughs> Come on. You know who the coach of UCLA is.
0: Uh, yeah, I do know. I do know. It's Chip Kelly, right? <laughs>
1: there
0: you go. <laughs> uh. Anyways, um, uh, I basically agree with everything that, everything that you said. Um, Utah has a lot of incentive to win this game. They're still sort of alive in the uh, playoff picture, possibly. Uh, UCLA, meanwhile, losing record, doesn't necessarily have a lot to play for, although I guess they could still become bowl eligible. Um, all that being said, I think that 21 points – is A lot even on the road, and I really like this game. If you can find UCLA plus 21 and a half, which I can see out there at a few places right now, uh, I think that get, buying that or getting that hook is going to be important in this one. Um, and just a lot of the models that I look at have Utah from somewhere 17, 18, something like that. So I think there's a little bit of value on UCLA here, even with probably some increased home field advantage at a rice Eccles stadium.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a, you know, when you talk about hardest places to play in college football, um, Utah rarely gets brought up. However, they have a tremendous home field advantage. Number one, they're extremely well coached. Scott Winningham has been there for a long time. They've had tough hard-nosed teams. It's a very loud stadium and don't forget about the altitude there in Salt Lake. That is something worth mentioning for whatever reason, no one, remember is that Utah, Salt Lake City, is also deep into the Rockies. You only seem to remember Denver, uh, Colorado, uh, those those places as places that have that altitude advantage. But it is a big deal uh, to host a team that does not uh, is not used to the altitude in UCLA, uh, and Utah certainly is. I um, want to just ask you a follow-up question there. You come from a math, analytical background. It seems very obvious why that half point is so meaningful to go from 21 to 21 and a half, but can you kind of just describe but you know, mathematically how much of a difference that makes at half point?
0: Sure, and I don't know offhand, although I can I figure it out if I had a little time. I don't know exactly how much percentage-wise that half point is worth, but in general, everybody knows everybody i think knows that uh football games tend to land on combinations of 3 and 7 points. So 21 points is three touchdowns. There's a good chance that Utah wins this game something like 42-21 and so that half point can easily be the difference between um winning and pushing.
1: Well said. And, and does that that also applies obviously to the other end too going from 20 to half to 21.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So
1: Perfect. Well said. Uh, We're going to go ahead and agree on our very first game of tonight. I am also all about UCLA plus 21. Uh, This team was playing much better football. They've actually played pretty well on the road of late as well. They went and beat, obviously, that that crazy game against Washington State earlier this season. And they also beat Stanford, who's proven to be a very below average team. But they definitely still can play away from the Rose Bowl. Uh, This UCLA team is going to struggle in this game. I think Utah comes out in the first half and dominates. I do think UCLA sticks around enough to cover here with the backdoor potential. I think they definitely can stay within about four touchdowns and in the fourth quarter when this game is seemingly over. I expect them to cover this one at plus 21. And like you said, if you can get it at plus 21 and a half, that only gives you a little bit more confidence. We mentioned UCLA is coming off a bye. Utah is also coming off of a bye. And as you mentioned, Utah with a lot to play here, uh, they They don't have a great chance to make the playoff, but they still have a chance. Their only loss, of course, coming on the road uh, to SC, which is looking like a a bad loss for them. It was at the time not that bad of a loss. Uh, But, of course, USC lost their quarterback in that game. So it's even worse when you look at it compared to a one-loss Alabama. But if Utah can rattle off some big wins and huge covers and then, of course, beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, they will be right there. Uh, for the committee to consider. So uh, it's a big game for them, but I do think UCLA sticks around just enough to have the potential uh, for that backdoor cover. Let's move on. Let's talk about those SC Trojans. Just when you think, Mike, you have this team figured out, uh, you learn that you really know nothing about this team. I was very confident. I don't know if you listened to our, our last episode. One of my most confident bets of the year on this team was actually taking Arizona State last week at minus one and a half. I didn't think SC had what it took to come out after a, heart-wrenching loss, and really their dream-crushing loss to Oregon the previous week going on the road to face a very good ASU team. But they won. They got off to a great start there. They played really well. ASU did their darndest comeback in that game, but a late pick uh, for SC sealed the deal, and they won that game and, of course, covered. They are 6-4, now. And and they are bowl-eligible. There's nothing really more to play for, however. Uh, they take on the California Golden Bears up in Berkeley this week. They are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is 48. This one, Saturday evening, 8 p.m. That's a Hawaii kind of kickoff. 8 p.m. local time from Memorial Stadium in Berkeley. Do you have any opinions on this one, Mike?
0: Well, I hate to say this because I am uh, a Cal fan. uh, And usually that means nothing but disappointment. And so I tend to stay away from them. But... In this game, I think that the six and a half points that Cal is getting is way too many against a USC team that, like you said, is kind of bipolar and honestly not all that great. Um, I think Cal is going to try and slow the game down a lot, and I think those six and a half points are a little too a little too many. Um, again, if this does go to Seven. Seven. <laughs> I would. I would. I would like it even. I would a like a little bit more cultural
1: for, for sure. <laughs> so,
0: so I'm just going to uh, say. I'm just going to say, lean Cal at uh, plus six and a half.
1: Does the analytics say anything about this late start time? You know, obviously both these teams are West Coast based, but eight o'clock is very late. I mean, does that favor the home team? Does that favor the road team? Any opinions on that?
0: I mean, both teams are coming from the same time zone, so I can't imagine that it's going to make that big of a difference. Uh, if it, if it has any effect, it's probably going to affect both teams equally. Um, and so I wouldn't say that there's going to be any increased home field advantage from what you'd normally see in a game.
1: Well, like you, Mike, I also grew up a Cal fan. My dad is a Cal grad. I was at the Cal Ole Miss game September 21st this year. Things were rosy for the Golden Bears back then. They advanced to, I believe, it was 3-0 at the time. They were ranked in the top 25 when they hosted Arizona State in late September. They were looking good. They probably would have won that game. And then Chase Garvers goes down with an injury late in the first half against uh, the Sun Devils. And they have not been the same since. Devin Monster, uh, his replacement has been very poor. He is coming off his best game of the season. They played Washington State. He went 16-24, of 230 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. However, the other three games that he's played in, uh, he has been less than stellar. This series, Mike, as you know, has been absolutely dominated by the USC Trojans. They won 13 straight games from 2004 to 2017. Cal, with the rare win last year, I was there with my dad at the Coliseum. Cal broke that streak and beat the Trojans last year. And let's not forget, the head coach of California is Justin Wilcox, who spent a couple seasons uh, on the coaching staff for the SE Trojans. These teams do know each other very well. They recruit against each other quite a bit. Memorial Stadium is a decently difficult place to play here, uh, but I just I, I, I don't have an opinion on this spread. I think it's going to be a close game, and neither side really stands out to me. I agree with you, though, Mike. I do think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Cal can really only win this game in one way, and that's running the ball, not turning it over. Dominating time of possession, grinding it out, and playing good defense. That's the only way they can win this game. SC can win over a couple different ways. So I like the under here. 48 seam is high, and it's very on-brand for me to take the under. I think 48 is going to be relatively easy. I see this game uh, being something like a 24-17 to 17 type of win for SC, so I like the under here, under 48. I think that's very confident. I would consider taking it uh, in the first half as well. So you like the California Golden Bears at plus six and a half. I'm going to take the under 48 in this one, and that brings us to our best bets for Week 12 of the college football season. Your very first best bet here, Mike. Let's make it a good one.
0: All right, my best bet for college football this week. Is are the Iowa Hawkeyes minus three at home versus the Minnesota Golden Gophers? Uh, as most people should know, uh, Minnesota had a huge win last week against a Penn State team that wasn't wasn't the uh, that would have been in the playoffs had had the season ended. Uh, no longer, and so that was a pretty huge win for Minnesota. And now they're going on the road to play an Iowa team that is pretty good and i foresee a little bit of a letdown here so i like iowa minus three
1: yeah you know i i remember you know, seeing the games last week. And as you mentioned, Minnesota with a program defining victory over Penn State. I mean, all eyes in the country around that one. It was one of two uh, matchups featuring two 8 0 teams. It was obviously overshadowed by the game of the season last week, LSU at Alabama. Uh, but this Minnesota team is very good. I'm not used to seeing the Gophers being this good. Obviously, I'm a Badger fan. They've been a poor program for many, many years. But PJ Fleck has these boys believe in, and they're playing great football. They're moving the offense. They're moving the ball down the field. Uh, and they look like the far superior team to Penn State. Penn State was able to make that interesting late, but Minnesota really dominated most of that game. And it's funny, everyone kind of says it's such a huge upset. It was only a six-and-a-half point spread. The Gophers were, um, you know, being considered a real team. And I don't know if that really says much uh, about the Gophers or it says more about Penn State probably being a pretender. But they're playing great football. This is a great opportunity to take the Iowa Hawkeyes' They're coming off of a really tough loss to my Wisconsin Badgers. They were very close in that game. A two-point conversion late in that game that did not go in is the only difference in that game, a 24-22 win. And Iowa's been playing great ball here. They have just been coming up short against these teams. They lost 17-12 against Penn State at home. They lost 10-3 at Michigan. And then they, of course, lost 24-22 last week at Camp Randall Stadium. Iowa, when they play these games at home late in the season – year after year after year they upset teams. This obviously would not be considered an upset, uh, but they dominated Ohio State a couple years ago. They've beaten many good teams on that field. Almost one per year, they go out and absolutely dominate. And I think this is going to be one of those. I was really surprised to see Iowa actually favored by a full field goal here. I thought it'd be more like a pick em. Uh, but a lot of people, obviously, a lot of the public and a lot of the Sharps have the same opinion as us. So That's a really interesting pick there. Uh, Iowa minus three. All right. I'm moving on to my best bet here. and This comes off of the heels of Uh, potentially the worst loss we've seen in Alabama in quite some time, obviously in the championship game last year, they got beaten by a worse margin, Uh, but they just looked like they got severely outclassed in that game to LSU. It was shocking to me. I liked Bama very much. So in that game at minus six, LSU looks like they're the absolute real deal. It's remarkable, Mike, that given Alabama has no quality wins this season, their best win of the season is probably against South Carolina. They will of course play Auburn at some point uh, later in the season, but there is still a real path for this Alabama team to make the college football playoff, which is truly remarkable. It shows uh, that this is is a broken system. If Alabama still has a chance, what were you going to say there?
0: I was just going to say, I, <laughs> more than more than it being a broken system, I think it actually really speaks to the strength of the SEC, which has been talked about ad nauseum, and you don't need you don't need me to go into more detail on that. But I mean, in reality, the SEC is every bit. In my opinion, as a as a as a better, every bit as strong as people give it credit for. So it's not crazy to me that Alabama still has a shot at the at the uh, at the playoffs.
1: Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and say the SEC is overrated or they don't have good teams. I'm not trying to say that at all. But when your non-conference schedule is Duke, New Mexico State, Southern Miss, and Western Carolina, all at home, and your best win so far in Mid November is South Carolina? I mean, come on. The fact that they're even in the top 10 is actually uh, ridiculous to me. It's comedic. I don't think we, you know, we always say that we look at the season. Uh, Just this season. You're not supposed to look forward. You're not supposed to look back. If that's the case, how on earth is Alabama still ranks where they are? I mean, look, if you want to say that if they happen to handle business over the next month, then they deserve consideration. Sure, that's totally fine. Uh, I think it's absolutely laughable. And, you know, it's crazy that that late touchdown to make it a respectable score against LSU might actually come into play here. But you play one less conference game in the SEC than all the other major conferences. You don't schedule anyone outside of your state. You don't leave the region ever. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous, but I'll save that for another time. Uh, I'm flipping gears here. We're going from negative Alabama to positive Alabama. Look, the only way that they're going to make the college football playoff is dominating teams. They have to win, and you better believe Nick Saban and those players know this spread. Very well. 17 and a half is what I have right now. They're going to absolutely murder Mississippi State. They have to if they want any sort of chance of making it. But they only have three games left. They only have two conference games left. They need this win. They need to win by 30 plus points. And I think they're going to do it. I'm confidently taking Alabama at minus 17 and a half. So that's it for college week 12. Let's move on and talk about the NFL Week 11, and we have a rematch of a very good game a season ago in primetime where the Bears absolutely embarrassed the Los Angeles Rams. They're rematching this week, this time from the Coliseum, again in primetime. And that was kind of the beginning of the end, Mike, for Jared Goff as an elite uh, football player, elite quarterback. He's only got 18 touches in his last 17 games, if you can believe it or not. Yikes, that is bad. And the Bears at 4-5, the Rams at 5-4. This is almost... Almost like an elimination game here. I know you have some strong thoughts on this one. Give me your thoughts. Bears at Rams. Uh
0: well, I don't know that I have super strong thoughts on this one. I, I agree with you definitely on uh Jared Goff. He has not played very well in the last season. Yeah, basically basically a full season now. Seventeen
1: games. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> he has he has not he has not played very well. Um and the Rams have been honestly a pretty big disappointment. As as have the Bears. Uh, that being said, looking at this, and I think home field is a is a factor here. Uh, I have a slight lean towards the Bears at plus six and a half. Um, I think it's six in some places, but I just think that's a little bit too much. I think uh, the Bears have a very strong defense still, and I think that's gonna that's gonna carry them here.
1: Yeah, I expect this to be a very close game. I expect this to be a very ugly game. If you watched either of these teams, really, in the last month or so, but especially Rams at Steelers last week, you know, this Rams defense is still very good, very talented. You have arguably two of the top five defensive players in the entire league in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. They're a great defense. The Bears, the strength of their team is their defense. They're still an excellent defense. They're not world-class like they were a season ago. I'm sure, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but I knew they were going to regress a little bit, and they have. However, they're still a very, very good defense. We talked about the quarterbacks. Jared Goff has been abysmal over the last 17 games. Mitch Trubisky, people are ready to run him out of town. There's rumors this week about the Bears potentially training for Cam Newton this offseason, so that certainly can't feel good if you're Mitch Trubisky. Both these defenses are still the real deal. Neither quarterback is playing with any confidence whatsoever. We have injuries on the offense for both teams. I'm going to go ahead and take the under here. 40 seems low, but I don't see either team getting past 20 points here. I see a 14-13 game, 17-14 game. I do think the Rams will win. I think home field will be very good for them. I think they know they need this win. However, I'm taking the under. That's the only thing in this game that I feel confident about. So I'm taking under 40. So primetime for the Rams Sunday night. We've also got primetime Chiefs at Chargers. This one is Monday evening from what park, Mike?
0: dignity health sports park
1: dignity health sports park our favorite park in all of sports on this show the name is just so ridiculous that it has to be said twice is, chiefs is, here
0: actually is that correct though because i think this game is at azteca is stadium era?
1: oh you're and right is this is not a Dignity health Sports. you know my subconscious just wanted to say that so badly <laughs> But you're right. It is in Mexico City. It is not a home game for the Chargers. But guess what? If it was at Dignity Health Sports Park, it wouldn't be a home game for them either. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But this one is at Azteca Stadium uh, in Mexico City. And speaking of altitude, altitude there in Mexico City as well. Both of these teams obviously have to travel, so they're being affected equally. Uh, but this is an interesting game here. The Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. This over-under is at 52, uh, but... It's weird. The Chiefs, for as good as Mahomes has been playing, for him being a Herculean healer, coming back from a a dislocated kneecap after just two weeks, they found a way to lose that game against the Titans last week. The Chargers, just when they were rolling, found a way to lose last week, Thursday night, against the Raiders. This is a must-win game. For the Chargers, if they want any sort of chance at this division, any sort of chance at the wild card. Now, on the other hand, for the Chiefs, this is also, I would say, a must-win game for them. If they fall to 6-5, and uh, you know, that means it's a three-horse race for this division between the Raiders and the Chargers and the Chiefs. So they cannot afford to lose this one. Mahomes is back. He's balling. Give me your thoughts on this one. This is a a really interesting game for a Monday night. I think we're going to see a a very competitive game, just like we saw this last week.
0: So... I really like the Chiefs in this game. <laughs> they've lost some close games. As you said, Mahomes is back and he is awesome. Probably the best quarterback in the league. Maybe maybe you can throw Brady in there. But Mahomes, um, I think is worth a lot for the Chiefs. Uh they've had some bad luck this season. They've had injuries and they've lost some close games. Uh I think this spread just totally underrates them. Um I think it should be closer to six or maybe even six and a half uh, on a neutral field.
1: If you want to talk about close games, close losses, bad luck, injuries, you're saying the Los Angeles Chargers, if you really want to pinpoint a team there, they've had a tremendous amount of injuries. They had Melvin Gordon hold out. They lost the most epic way possible earlier this season to the Tennessee Titans on the road where they had not one, but two touchdowns taken off on the final three plays of the game. To lose that game in a fumble uh, into the end zone. I mean, this Chargers team uh, again one of these teams that you think you have it figured out and then you don't, and then you think you have them figured out and then you don't. This Chargers team, I think, has the resilience and the perseverance to keep this one close. Yes, it is a four point spread. I'm seeing it at three and a half. But either one, I like the Chargers here. I think they have a chance of winning this game. I think they're going to rise. To the moment, they're going to play extremely well. They still have a lot of talent. If you remember, Mike, late last season when the Chargers, we couldn't quite figure them out. The Chiefs seemed like they were Super Bowl favorites, not just contenders, but favorites. The Chargers went into Aragon and they won that game. These two teams play each other very well. They know each other extremely well. We're seeing Melvin Gordon kind of get things going. He looked like the Melvin Gordon of last season, last week. He looks a lot faster. He looks a lot sharper. The Chargers have Hunter Henry back. There was a scare with Keenan Allen, but he should be able to play in this game. Philip Rivers probably coming off the worst game that I've ever seen him play in, certainly this season, where he had those three picks. It should have been a lot more. A couple of them were taken away by penalties. The Chargers still almost won that game on the road against the Oakland Raiders. So I like the Chargers here. It seems strange. I kind of puke in my mouth saying it out loud here. Uh, But I think the Chargers can keep us close. I'm not sure if they're going to win this game, but I do see a very close game. I see a one-score game. If we can get this a little bit higher, I'm going to like them even further. But I'm going to go ahead and take Chargers plus 3.5, plus 4 on this one. Which moves us along to our final picks of the week, and that is our best bets for the NFL. Give me yours here, Mike.
0: My best bet for the NFL this week is the Houston Texans coming off of a bye at the Baltimore Ravens. I believe the spread is plus four. I can see a couple plus four and a halfs there, but we'll go with plus four. Um, I think Texans are a little bit under the radar right now. They're coming off a bye, which is important. And they're playing the Ravens, who are seven and two. I believe they've won five straight, and they've looked pretty impressive. Um, their last game was against the Bengals, which who was not who are not that great, but before that <laughs> they beat the they beat the Patriots handed them their only loss of the year right right um, I think the Ravens are getting a lot of attention and probably rightfully so, but that being said, this line seems a little high, and so I I'm, would like to take the Texans and the points.
1: Okay, certainly. Now, the Texans are coming off of a real buy. The Ravens, as you mentioned, are coming off of an essential buy, playing the Bengals, and they've taken care of business now uh, twice against that team. You mentioned it. The The Ravens are extremely impressive right now. It's, it's hard to believe they lost to the Browns back, uh, I think that was week five. Uh, yeah, week four, they lost four. to the Browns. Um, but yes, they they... The last three games, they absolutely dominated, of course, the Bengals a week ago. Uh, They they dominated that game against the Patriots, and then their first loss. The week before that, they dominated at Seattle, who has since proven to be a very capable team. Uh, So this Ravens team is very good. We have to take them seriously. Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level. Who else is also playing at an MVP level and is not really being talked about whatsoever, It's Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to come to play here in this game. I think he's going to have a really good game. We could definitely see Will Fuller back on the field for the Texans. No J.J. Watt still, of course, uh, for Houston's defense. But they played just fine without him, which is remarkable. This should be a good game here. I don't have a strong opinion on it, but that is an interesting pick, to say the least. My pick here. You're going to like this one here. Flash backwards to episode, I believe, 16. Mike Hall made his Believe Podcast Network debut with a teaser 101 episode. If you're interested in teaser strategy, go back and listen to that one. That was an enlightening episode. I'm going to go ahead and apply what we learned in that episode to my best bet week 11 of the NFL season. I'm going to go ahead and take Jets and Jags in a teaser. Jets plus 7.5. Jags plus 8.5. That moves us past both the 3 and the 7 here. The Mike Hall special. I did it last week. It hit with the Bills uh, and the – who else did I take? The Bills. Uh, Lions, and, Lions, Vikings. You know, you're right. You're right. It was Lions. It was Bills, <laughs> Lions. Both of them covered even – and I even lost value with that one because I took it uh, when it was Stafford in there. Of course, it went all the way up to six and a half. So I actually lost about five points of value on that teaser. Guess what? It still hit. And that's because the numbers tell you it's going to hit more often than it's not So take it again this week here. I don't like either of these teams to win the game outright. Jets, of course, are taking on, if I can find it here, the Jets are taking on the Skins. That should be an interesting game. Uh, And what other two that I have right? The Jags. The Jags, of course, are playing the Colts, who should have Jacoby Brissett back. I expect both these games to be relatively close, relatively low scoring. So I even like it more to correlate with the underdogs here. So go ahead and take it with confidence. Jets plus 7.5. Jags plus 8.5. The Mike Hall special. Never I, should,
0: I, I should also mention while we're talking about teasers, uh, I don't know when this is going to be uh, put out for people to listen to, but uh, right now the Steelers are plus two and a half on Thursday night, and
1: that would be another good,
0: that would be another one that would be another one that you could throw in there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna stick to the two Sunday games, but yes, you can certainly throw teasers in there uh, in mass if you want to take three teams. The payout will only be better. Well, that just about does it here. Episode 21 of Believe in Betting LA. We had Mike Hall filling in for Chris Luehrt. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys win some money. I hope everything is well with everyone's fantasy football teams as we hit the stretch run of the regular season. Any final thoughts here, Mike?
0: Uh, no, that's uh, basically it. Good luck. Good luck to everybody. Good luck to you.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> Good luck to you as well. Good luck to our picks. Good luck to our people. That was Believe in Betting LA episode 21 for the Bleed Podcast Network, for Mike Hall, for Chris Lewart, for Stag Capital. I'm Sam Maxwell see you guys next time.
0: My life. I never knew what I could be, what I could do, then we Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you.